would be talking to someone during this season about something completely different, and they'd be like, oh, you know, I'm a life coach. Like, someone I've known for a while, a couple moms at my kid's school, like, you know I do that, right? And I'm like, no, yeah, I'm a life coach. This is Unladylike. I'm Kristen. And did you know there are three kinds of people in today's world? People who start podcasts, people who start life coaching, and life coaches who start podcasts. Now, whether there are also podcasters who start life coaching, probably. And is that my future pivot? I don't know. Have you ever wondered why you feel stuck or held back and you can't move forward from something that you really in your heart know that you want to do? If you're new here, I'm Vanessa and I am a life coach. Advice from a life coach, part one. Every single morning, I want you to write down what you want to happen as if it already happened. So what is life coaching? I work with people to gain the confidence and clarity to design the life they truly want. Welcome to a day in my life as a 28-year-old life coach making almost a million dollars a year. Life coaching is something that falls under the very large umbrella of non-sports-related coaching as a profession. It sprang up in the 1980s in the U.S. and U.K., and life coaching specifically has taken off a lot more recently— In the past decade, the number of certified life coaches in the U.S., for example, has doubled. But you don't have to be certified to call yourself a life coach. And as we'll learn about more, life coach certification isn't necessarily as rigorous as it sounds. But what exactly is it, right? Because life coaching sounds pretty broad. There's no official job description for life coaching, but generally speaking, it is often focused on a a term that does send chills down my spine, and that is self-optimization. What is standing in the way of you being the very best version of you? And theoretically, all of that is fine, well, and good. Why not get help getting unstuck in your life, whatever that might look like for you? But the vagaries of life coaching have left it very vulnerable to people charging a lot for not very much and sometimes building what looks like a very pyramid-shaped business model with their life coaching services. This is something that actually happened to a friend of mine who was interested in getting a life coach, got in touch with one, and a couple sessions in, the life coach is like, hey, you know what? You're pretty great, and I think if you want to really level up, what you need to do is pay me a bit more money, and I can train you to become a life coach. Today's returning guest, Jane Marie, calls all of this the MLM to life coaching pipeline. Jane Marie hosts the mega hit podcast, The Dream, and I was so excited when they announced season three is all about life coaching. And trust me, y'all, you're going to want to binge it. I've 
What piqued your interest in coaching and life coaching specifically? And why did you decide to focus on that for season three of The Dream? It came up a lot in our reporting for seasons one and two, like the intersection between multi-level marketing and coaching or wellness and coaching. There was just these constant characters popping up over and over again that were coaches. I've been coming out of all of our reporting thinking, like, I really want to do more character studies. Like, I really want to get more into who these people are instead of just gawking at scammers, you know, like, what makes people want to do this thing that seems a little iffy? And then also coming out of season two, we got so many pitches from listeners saying, you have to tackle life coaching. You have to. Yeah, I think the main thing is that it's just like there's so much overlap between all the stuff we've already looked at. It is also a nice entry into like high achievement goals in America, you know, like if you Mm -hmm. live here, you have to be trying hard all the time and winning. And it gave us an opportunity to talk about what the hell's up with that. I keep thinking about this song that's like viral on TikTok right now, but it feels very much like an anti-exceptionalism and optimization anthem. It's a song called Sitting. Having to get up every day and like be awesome in order to just be like middle of the road is a lot to ask of everybody. Because we already know who the one percenters are. So the rest of our 99% are just having to put out so much effort to feel like we've reached the middle. And the life coaches are the cheerleaders for that. Many of them, not all of them. But I feel like they've maybe bought into it more than anybody that we have to just exert so much energy into being our best selves. You also open up a kind of personal side early in the season of kind of where where you are mentally, how you are feeling, and how you are not feeling like your best self. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that, of this, like, genuine kind of personal interest in what a life coach could possibly do for you. All right. So my interest is for 10 years, I was in a very highly demanding career. This is before I got married and had a kid. Um, I, you know, I was making radio and I had a place I had to be every morning at a certain time and I couldn't leave until God knows when at night. And as frustrated as I would get with my, how my days looked, it really made It gave me edges to my life, you know, (laughs) like it gave me some Mm -hmm. edges to my days and my life and it gave me a lot of structure and a regular paycheck and all of those things. And I I kind of thrived under that sort of system and and pressure. And then I moved to Los Angeles and and had a child and got divorced and um, her father recently moved back to New York. So I'm kind of like floating out here as like a single mom 
yeah, I'm driving around sometimes and I'm like, why do I live in California? Like, I totally don't, <laughs> don't know why I'm even here. <laughs> I mean, I'm here because my kid's like old now um, and has a wonderful life and support system. But I was just feeling, I've been feeling in the last few years like totally unmoored and was hoping that a life coach would give me the structure back that I'm missing, but in a healthy way, not in a way where I'm intimidated that I might lose my job if I don't stick to something, but but in a more <laughs> gentle way. <laughs> and that isn't what they do. It was my mistake for assuming that. But that's what I was kind of hoping for going in is like someone to just tell me what time I have to get out of bed. What time do I have to have breakfast? Because well, I'm so tired of thinking because I'm raising another person, running a company, all of this stuff. I just, I kind of forgot about me and I wanted someone else to be in charge of that. <laughs> This episode is brought to you in part by BetterHelp. One of the most thrilling and unnerving things about life is that it does not come with a map. That, of course, means we get to blaze our own trails. But how do we know which direction to go or that we're not just going in circles? For me, an essential guide through all of that is therapy. I've been in therapy for many years now, and it has helped me develop the skills to better trust my own intuition, understand myself, understand where I want to go, and also find my way back when inevitably I wander into a dead end. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, BetterHelp could be a good option for you. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Unladylike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Unladylike. What space do coaches occupy in that self-help industry where you have all these gurus and influencers? Like One service, I think, and, and thing that I think is re really positive, although I wish that the larger structural issues that lead to this would change, but I think they're less stigmatized than therapists or psychiatrists. You know, if you tell people... I was struggling and then I got a life coach and things got better. You're not getting diagnosed with anything in the middle of that, right? Like you're not, mm -hmm. oh, I was struggling and I went to therapy and I found out that I was depressed or I have ADHD or, you know, um, I think it's get that's all getting more normalized. But for a huge swath of humans, getting a life coach is like, it seems like you're doing something in service of yourself rather than admitting that there's something wrong with you and then having to reach out and have someone else help you out of whatever hole you're in, you're helping yourself out with the help of this person who is not a therapist. And I think that's really uh, valuable. I think that work is really valuable. I think also we're all 
so desensitized now to influencers. It's hard to even tell who's being an influencer on you. Like they have to put that little thing at the bottom of every post that says ad, you know, mm-hmm. but we're all being sold something by someone really beautiful all the time. I think that it can be really intoxicating. The idea that, you know, you can hire Teddy Mellencamp to fix your life. And like, why is that normal? I don't know. (laughs) For one, I wanted to say I love All In. I am so incredibly proud of the over 15,000 lives we have helped change. I am so proud of all of our clients. I love all of our coaches. I love that I can wake up every single day and feel good about what I do. I live and breathe it. I 100% feel confident in the fact that we let you know before signing up exactly what the program entails. And if it's something that you want to do and you want us to hold you accountable to your goals, we are there to do that for you. Just as a side note, the thought of Teddy Mellencamp leaving me a voicemail every day to see if I had exercised or, like, what my caloric intake was that day. Like, it's creepy. I but I lose my fucking mind. You might, or you might be like, Teddy Mellencamp is taking care of my life. <laughs> Which is a weird, but a lot of people do that. You know, like, that, that's what I'm saying yeah, is, like, yeah. the, whole, the whole idea of being an influencer and, like, a one-on-one influencer is just, like, normal. We all we all look to certain celebrities or people who are online, like social media stars, to go. Oh, what's the what are the kids wearing on their feet these days? And you know what? Where's everyone going on vacation? And you know who's the the life coach that everybody's into? You know, <laughs> it's all the same. What is the difference? The primary difference between life coaches and therapists. I think it's literally comes down to the licensing that mm-hmm. there's a board when you're a therapist who checks out how much you've studied and where you went to college and how many hours of clinical work you've put in and did you do a residency somewhere did you do an internship and are you doing continuing education every year and you have to do all of that to maintain a license like you have to keep going to classes throughout your career keep going to conferences you know updating yourself on the research in order to keep your license to practice i've spoken to a few life coaches who are therapists but have decided to be life coaches in order to skirt some of the kind of more oppressive or restrictive requirements around being a therapist, like the mandatory reporting rules slash laws where, you know, if someone talks about self-harm, you have to, like, call the cops. So, like, the, you know, criminalizing patients. Um, I have, I've mm. spoken to people who just are won't do that. And so they have all the credentials but refuse to be a part of, you know, prison industrial complex, essentially, within therapy. Um, And so I think that the primary difference is the licensing. But then that leads to, you know, well, then we can have some assurance that the people who are doing therapy are have to know what they're doing a little bit. And with life coaches, like, there's no barrier to entry, which is kind of similar to the multi-level marketing, the multi-level marketing thing, you know, where Anyone Mm -hmm. who has $99 can sign up and they might be good at it or they might be bad at it. 
And I think it's that part is scary because you just you can just say that you're a life coach. Like I could say I'm a life coach. I'd be a good one too because I know how everyone else should live except me. They're not different types of people. It's really just mm-hmm. like who had the privilege to go to school for eight years or whatever. Did you uncover anything as far as life coach certification goes? Some of them do require some like hours put in before you get certified. So maybe you do 300 clinical hours or something with your clients. Um, But because there's no regulatory body, like there's no one watching closely what's happening to the people they certify after they leave with their certificate, I haven't found an active oversight committee anywhere that's like making sure that the people they certify are on the up and up once they've paid for their certificate. So, and there's a number of organizations like that. I mean, I got certified. It's not in the show yet. I might do a bonus episode, but I went and got certified. It was $199. So ask me anything, Kristen. Ask me anything about you. <laughs> what What did you, was there coursework involved? Yeah, there was a, uh, it was about six weeks of really long, but like, contentless and repetitive uh, videos that I had to watch and then questions and essays and things. I had homework that I had to turn in. A lot of like practice sessions. So I had to rope my sister in and Dan and other people to like sit down while I tried a technique with them to like help them realize their goals or whatever. So I can say I'm a life coach now. You know, it was that easy. It was six weeks and 200 bucks. Do you feel like you learned anything? Mm, did it teach me anything about life? No, not really. Other than this guy, other than it it also reinforced for me that, like, this guy was a complete scammer. He was just saying the same thing over and over again in all the videos, which is like, we aren't therapists. What we do is listen. Okay. What? Well, th- that's what my therapist does. Well, they, the life coach world, I won't speak for all of them, but like they really have this idea that therapists are there to kind of tell you what to do, but also not give you action steps and keep you roped into therapy for forever. And they think they're doing something different by giving you action steps. But what I keep coming back to in my head is like maybe – Maybe people are just in the wrong kind of therapy if they're dissatisfied. Like, go to CBT therapy, right? That, mm-hmm. There's lots of action steps, behavioral modification and stuff. Like, you, maybe you don't want a psychoanalysis. Like, maybe you don't want to talk about your childhood. That's okay. There's lots of therapists who do other things. Yeah, there's a very us and them <laughs> kind of thing going on. Broadly speaking, is it more financially accessible to get a life coach versus getting a therapist, which can obviously be quite expensive. Uh, yes, I, I think um, it depends on the life coach. Mm-hmm. But if you, I think therapists, for the most part, and this even includes like better help and talk space, remote therapy that you get on your phone on FaceTime. Therapists, for the most part, want some 
one-on-one time with you, and that costs money. Life coaches do offer that kind of service, but a lot of them offer courses or group classes online or in person, and doing it that way makes it really affordable. I don't know how effective it is if you're doing like what I did to get my certification. (laughs) And also I've rarely heard of a therapist being like, you seem to be doing really good. Do you want to be a therapist? Like, (laughs) 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 but um, (laughs) but that's, yeah. So I, I think, I think it's, it can be more affordable. On the other hand, I've talked to people who spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month on their life coach. So it again, that's the problem. It's like, what's a life coach? Is it the guy who charges $30,000 an hour? Or is it this awesome lady who has like a $10 a month subscription to her exclusive videos? How are those the same thing? And also kind of transitioning us more into more explicitly MLM territory. Is there a distinction between life coaches and more of your network marketing coach? I mean, well, yes, in that there are life coaches who would never participate in an MLM, but there are lots of them that do. (laughs) Lots of people that come out of that world and become coaches, which makes sense to me because the big part of multi-level marketing is this self-improvement and development work. There's a lot of talk about how to, you know, be an awesome salesperson and how to maximize your time. And it seems like a natural progression to becoming someone that can tell other people how to do that. And that's called a life coach in that world. Mm -hmm. I I know a lot of life coaches, though, that would have nothing to do with multi-level marketing. Like, wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole because it's a pyramid scheme. But (laughs) Are there particular MLMs that are especially tied to coaching, whether it is people kind of spinning off from it to call themselves coaches or that have coaching programs, like, within the MLM itself? I have two answers to that. One is I've—and this is just— only based on my research. So I have not done deep dives on the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of MLMs that are out there. But a couple patterns that I've seen. One is the companies that really have no product to offer definitely sell coaching services. Like Amway, for example, they sell really overpriced, kind of crappy versions of things you can get at Target, right? Mm -hmm. And where they make a ton of their money is through these courses and coaching programs. It used to be on cassette tape, but videos and books and how to build your business and how to grow bigger and all of that. If you look at the MLMs that are kind of not selling something super mainstream that's like really taking off, then they kind of pivot to coaching um, within their ranks, but they're also selling it to the people Part of, who are part of the organization. So that's that's where I see it on one side. Um, the other is a lot of the companies that sell 
basically aspirational products or health pro- like things that are supposed to improve your life, you know, mm-hmm. diet shakes and whatever. The folks in that world are primed for this sort of self-optimization thinking. If you can live off of our shake for two months, <laughs> you know, <laughs> think of what else you could do. And then people become coaches. I think one of the dangerous things about you know, health and wellness, MLMs in particular, and then coaching on top of that is, again, because there's no regulation, there's not a ton of real science. People are hawking products that are bad for you, but the FDA is not paying attention, you know? I was waiting for any second for my my coach, she was a health and wellness coach, for her to like <laughs> say, you know what you could really use? This shake I'm selling never happened. She's just a normal person. She didn't try to sell me anything. But they're very closely tied. Do you have any insights based on your reporting on the gender breakdown, whether women are being more drawn into life coaching, either to become life coaches themselves or to become clients? I would be speculating, but I will say, like the MLM industry, this is the pattern I've seen, like the MLM industry, right? The people that are rich and famous and at the very top are mostly white guys, older white guys. And the people um, trying to join their ranks are mostly women. So I don't know what that that says about us, but – and I don't know actual statistics from the life coaching world because – there isn't i mean with mlms everything's really difficult to you know find factual evidence on within the industry but there is a, at least a lobby a lobbying organization there's an organization called the direct sellers association and they do keep some statistics even though i think they're dubious at least there's like some literature to look at and and be like okay yes you know, 80% of people in MLMs or 85 or whatever are women. With life coaching, I don't know, because you don't have to get certified and you don't Mm. even have to have an LLC and you can just say you're a life coach, like you can say you're a babysitter. There's no one really collecting that data in a way that feels real or reliable to me. But so anecdotally, I would just say it's very similar in that, like, Tony Robbins is at the top, and then you've got your second tier, which is like Mel Robbins, and then you've got everybody else, which is a lot of women. We are constantly getting pitched life coaches, coaches <laughs> of many kinds to to come on the show. Okay. And I have I have a few examples. These are are quotes, actual pitch emails that I have gotten that mm-hmm. I would like to share with you and we can and then we can discuss. So right. This is thrilling. I, I love it. Feels like one of those call in <laughs> advice shows, except the person's not there, so we can say whatever. So here we go. The first one is 
Introducing Intuitive Business and Abundance Coach. No thanks. And feminine... (laughs) But she's also a feminine energy healer, Jane. Mm -mm. What? That's too many things. Even to start out with, that's too many things. Um, Yeah. How about a professional golfer turned YouTube psychic who offers intuitive coaching? Mm -hmm. I like that one because it's weird. But not because I think they could help anybody. But I like a professional golfer turned YouTube psychic. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. I I like that one more. That just seems like a like a funky human, you know, like somebody who hasn't who doesn't know what they're doing. And I would like to talk to them. Yeah, there's definitely a story there that I am curious about. (laughs) Um, Finally, though, this person name redacted is and I quote, an international business soul strategist, marketing energetics coach and transcension mentor. You didn't have all these people on? (laughs) I don't know what's going on there. That's a lot. It's so much. And I I was just wondering if you had any sense of what these people are selling as coaches of various forms. They all sound very, like, spiritual and aspirational, right? Like the mixing of business and transcendence or whatever. Like, you can make a lot of money, but feel like you're connected to the universe while you're doing it. So you don't have to be a bad guy or something. I wonder, like, is this all coming from the same PR company? Not to get too, like, boring and brass tacks about it. Really? Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Um, You should do, like, an episode where you interview 10 of them (laughs) for two minutes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, That's a really this? good idea. Um, yeah, no, I think what's going on is is repackaging career coaching or, you know, financial coaching, repackaging it a little bit to make it seem less gross. We're, I'm not just going to teach you how to make seven figures and level up your business. I'm also, you're also going to connect with God a little bit. I think that's what's going on with the marketing anyway. I don't know what's going on with these people. Like, <laughs> couldn't tell you why they <laughs> why they want to spend their life doing that, but that's yeah. I assume that's what's going on. Well, I did almost throw my phone out the window when I learned that um, Matthew McConaughey is now a life coach. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> it didn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Really? <laughs> no, and I but I watched hours of that presentation of what are we doing here in this thing <laughs> called life or whatever he says. <laughs> He's just like a barefoot surfer hippie guy who got really rich and needs to explain it to himself in some way. Do you think that celebrity culture has also fueled this rise of life coaches because i mean i also have to think about our beloved oprah i remember the very first time i had a life coach they weren't called that at the time but an expert on who did a list and say where are you on the list and literally in that audience women booed her when she said put yourself top of the list 
This was in 1992. In 1992, the idea of being top of the, your own list was people like, how dare she and she doesn't have children. I said, she didn't say abandon your children and go running in the streets. <laughs> she just said, put yourself at the top of the list. She loves a life coach. She is a life coach, essentially. Right? Oh, Jesus, you're right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think it kind of comes with the territory. Again, like, I think there's something about wanting to be a celebrity. You have to be deluded into thinking you're an exceptional person. Like, there's something exceptional about you that gave you the opportunity to become a millionaire or to be super famous. And the way you can give back is by giving that same thing to the plebes. And if you can make some money doing that, that just reinforces that you're exceptional. I don't hate all famous people or rich people, but there is a, you know, there is a mm -hmm. delusion there that, like, they have it figured out. And you could ask them to help you figure it out. This exceptionalism, our productivity, culture, the hustle, all of this, how do you reconcile that with being in a time of like massive labor unrest, strikes, unions, an ever-widening wealth gap? Why is all of this still selling and selling quite well? Cognitive dissonance and that we've all bought the lie <laughs> since we were kids, you know, <laughs> that hard work pays off that the the worthy will prosper, that that we live in a meritocracy, you know, that if you're smart and hardworking, you'll rise up. We have all totally bought into that. I think it's a hopefulness, right, that we all share. There is like an underlying hopefulness <laughs> that the strikes will resolve and somebody's going to come out of the woodwork that's going to be for the laborers and, you know, the little guy. I, I do think it's really appealing for for people to the rugged individualism stuff about living here to blame themselves and to look inward when these huge, huge forces are keeping us from being happy and healthy and safe, you know. It's, it's by design that the... Mm -hmm. Force the powers that be and the patriarchy and all that stuff have really put all the onus on us to change the way they're operating, for us to change ourselves rather than change the system. Did you learn anything in particular about yourself in the process of making season three? I think I'm more open to hokey pokey stuff than I have felt previously, but it, I think it's also all very much part of coming out of a depression and being desperate and thinking nothing I'm doing is working and I feel like shit every day. What can I, what can I do? And, and my capacity for like believing in something, I guess, is there, that I have one, that I have any capacity for that was surprising, <laughs> you know, that I have faith, I guess. It, it, like, I just had faith in my coach, and it was really relaxing. It felt really nice. I think it's probably what people feel who go to church on Sunday, right? Or people who, you know, believe in a higher 
being or purpose, it was very comforting and relaxing to just say, well, Jessie's got it. I'll just text Jessie and she'll tell me what to do. And I think I think really well-adjusted, well-rounded people probably get that from their parents <laughs> um, and might not have to seek it out as adults. But I, I have not been that vulnerable with someone, maybe ever. I don't know. And I didn't know I was capable of that. What would you say to any listeners who are life coach curious? I mean, do what I did, which is vet a ton of people. You know, I looked at a million websites and made a bunch of phone calls and because I was serious about it. It wasn't like a stunt we were pulling. I was genuinely trying to find someone who I could trust. I felt like I could trust a little bit, someone who I connected with. It takes some time, but I think just do some research. I wouldn't say not to do it. I would say it it can be really beneficial, but you have to narrow down what you're actually looking for. Like, do you need someone to just tell you to work out every day, which is part of what I needed? Or do you need someone to, like, help you be more open to, like, finding a romantic partner? Is that what you think the problem is? So I think it's, like, drilling down on what you want to solve and then figuring out if a coach exists that you think could help you with that thing or if it is a therapy thing or if it's not a problem at all, then you can drop (laughs) it, you know? Similar to MLMs, like, just don't sign up with the person that walks up to you in the grocery store. You know, don't go (laughs) with the first life coach that comments on one of your Instagram stories. Just don't be a sucker. The end. Don't be a sucker. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But if you are a professional golfer turned YouTube psychic, I would be curious to hear from you. Yes. Though maybe not for an hourly rate. (laughs) That's so good, though. Let's call her right now. Let's get her on the phone. I love it. I know. I mean, I got to hand it to her. Like, that's... uh, that's, It's a great log line. It's a great log line. It's also just like, Um, imagine telling your, your... grandchildren oh i was once a professional golfer and then my gifts were shown to me and i became a youtube psychic (laughs) and that led me to life coaching (laughs) oh i love it And ladies, I know y'all have thoughts on life coaching, and I want to hear them all. Send me your stories, your questions, I, uh, positive life coaching experiences. Welcome. Hello at unladylike.co is where you can send me your emails or voice memos. You can also DM me voice memos on Instagram at unladylikemedia. Thank you so much to Jane Marie. Guess what? You can not only listen to The Dream all three seasons on all of the podcast places. You can pre-order Jane Marie's book coming out next spring called Selling the Dream. You can also follow Jane Marie on Instagram and Twitter at Marie. If you'd like to spend your hard-earned money on not a pyramid scheme, but a wonderful place called the Unladies Room... 
head over to patreon.com slash unladylikemedia. That is where you can directly support this independent feminist podcast just trying to hang on in this cruel, cold world. And you don't even have to recruit other people to join unless you just really want to. If you want to be on the downline for the Patreon, I mean, I'm not going to say no. You can also follow Unladylike on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Unladylike Media. Unladylike is an Unladylike Media production, executive produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, Kristen Conger. Mixing and mastering is by Multitude Productions. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Until next week, what is the most unladylike thing about you? Nothing, Kristen. No. Um, <laughs> it's weird how obsessed I have been in my life for like to like be ladylike. I don't know where that came from because my mom isn't particularly ladylike. But something gave me the itch. I think maybe it was my gay uncle. Um, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> the most unladylike thing about me is probably my mouth. Like I'm very mouthy. I don't have great manners I'm polite and kind but I swear a lot and I speak my mind in places that I probably shouldn't um, so I don't really have a very good filter which I would imagine ladies do right yeah don't ladies have like filters on well yeah I mean if they're really speaking at all right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> no I'm um, I don't get embarrassed very often so I make a fool of myself all the time and I don't care Ugh, I love that so that's kind of unladylike I guess